You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For decades, milk has been fueling women marathon runners as the OG performance drink. And in the new docu-series Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers takes us on a journey of self-discovery as she meets several groups of empowered women runners to find out what drives them, what fuels them, and what pushes them to go the distance. And in the process, she learns that she too can be a distance runner. You can watch the series at runningsuckstheseries.com and register for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. I think almost everyone knows that famous photograph um, that the Apollo 17 astronauts took in 1972 when they went to the moon and they took a picture of the Earth. And it's a blue marble and they, they called it the blue marble. Uh, and you just see the Earth as totally blue. It's a beautiful blue image, but it also shows how little we are, how nothing we are, how tiny we are. So there's something about life and blueness. I'm always on the look for an object or a topic. One blue object led to another. Carol Maver has spent a lot of time thinking about the color blue. She's a professor of art history at the University of Manchester and the author of a book called Blue Mythologies. Something I discovered in my research was that the whole world seemed more blue than I could ever imagine. People do love blue. People do love blue, yeah. It's all around us every day. Midnight blue, navy blue, powder blue, cerulean, periwinkle. It's embedded in our speech. Blue bloods, blue moon, blue laws, blue-collar jobs. People sing the blues and go off into the wild blue yonder. There's a beautiful painting by Miro from 1925. And the painting is an abstract painting, just a little island of thick azure paint. And below this azure island of paint, he has written in lovely black script in French, this is the color of my dreams. You know, art is intimidating to to us. Maybe because we don't feel like we're... We don't we don't know how we're supposed to feel, and we don't know if we're mm-hmm. getting it. You know, what would you mm-hmm. say to someone who felt that way? I I absolutely think art is a way to access something that is nonverbal with our within ourselves, and I think that color does that especially that we get a mood or a feeling or a sensibility just from the color alone, that it seems to speak its own language that's not 
in conventional speech, but at the same time speaks to us. We can all experience blue. The color has its own biography. The story of blue is a story of people seeing something beautiful in the world that they could not figure out how to recreate. You can use soil to make brown and grind up green leaves and get green, but you can't take the blue out of the sky. There isn't any blue in Paleolithic cave paintings. It seems there wasn't even really a word for it in ancient Western cultures. And then, more than 6,000 years ago, in a mountain range in Afghanistan, we started mining a dark blue gemstone that would change everything. Lapis lazuli. Egyptians called lapis lazuli the sky stone and used it to make offerings to gods. On his death mask, King Tut's eyebrows are made of lapis lazuli stones. Eventually, the stone made its way to Europe. When it reached Venice, artists went to great lengths to extract the vibrant blue pigment from the stone because No one had seen a color like this before. It was incredibly difficult. First, they mixed the crushed stone with melted wax and resins, turning it into a paste. They would knead it, let it rest for a few days, heat it, knead it some more, and then knead it again. All of this work for only a tiny bit of very blue powder. The first true blue. They called it ultramarine, meaning beyond the sea. It was worth more than gold, used only to depict the most precious things, objects of devotion, to paint the Virgin Mary's robes. Up until that point, we might see her in browns or reds and other colors, but beginning in the 12th century, we almost always see her in blue. This true blue ultramarine pigment was so expensive that Michelangelo couldn't afford it. Vermeer drove his family into debt because he couldn't stop using it. It's a color marked by effort and by desire. For no one more than a young artist in France, who one day saw a blue so perfect he had to have it. He became obsessed with making all of us feel what he felt when he looked up at the sky. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Do you ever remember him talking about the ocean and the sky, about blues? He he actually talked only about that. Only about the color blue. (laughs) More more or less. (laughs) This is Elena Palumba Mosca. When she was a young woman working as a nanny in the south of France, she met a man who would change the way we think about the color blue, Yves Klein. The story begins on a summer day in 1947. Yves and two of his friends, an artist named Armand and a poet named Claude, were lying on the shores of the Côte d'Azur where they were dreaming as young men, young boys actually, to divide the world between the three of them. One of them would get the earth, another would get the animals. And Eve wanted the sky. What was it about the sky 
Why? What? What? What did he like about the sky? The color. The the the. There is a story that uh, Armand used to say that Eve was very angry with the birds flying through the sky because uh, they were making holes in uh, in his blue, flying around. Eve Klein set off to copy the blue he saw that day in the sky, but like all the artists before him, he found it wasn't going to be easy. He found a pigment he liked. It looked perfect as a powder, but to make it into paint, he had to mix it with a binder, something that would allow it to spread and stick. When Eve mixed his pigment with the usual binders, it looked darker, flatter, not good enough. He wrote, "The magic of the color vanished. Each grain seemed to have been extinguished individually." He was at a loss. And then, finally, he found a man in Paris who could help. One of the most famous color makers, the man who'd made Picasso's blues, and they started working together. If what was available didn't let Eve create the blue he saw in the sky that day, they'd make new materials. They enlisted the help of chemists, and after a year of experimenting, they did it. So he found uh, I don't know how because it was an absolute secret anyway uh, that using a particular type of solvent he could keep the the brilliance. Uh, in the light that is inside the color itself. How did he have it made? Well, he, I don't know. It was a secret. They suspended the pigment in a perfectly clear synthetic binder, which they called only the medium. The result didn't look like paint. Eve described it as pure energy. And he called it the. Uh, E K B Eve Klein blue. What did he plan to do with his blue? Well, he painted blue. Almost everything he saw around him, he would have liked to paint the whole planet blue. Uh, he painted blue everything he could uh, paint. In fact, he used it almost exclusively. He rented a studio in Paris. Elena moved in. So I went and I stayed with him for a while. We were very good friends. We had no love affair. This must be quite clear. Uh, we were very good friends. I lived uh, with him for a while, and I worked as a dancer uh, so that I could go to school in in the daytime and work at night. And he worked uh, giving uh, judo lessons at the American Cultural Center. So uh, we met at home, and sometimes I cooked, and sometimes we went out eating together. And uh, they gave Eve credit, so we could eat <laughs> and then pay later. He started painting large canvases of only blue, his blue. He put a lot of effort into making each one look identical. He coated them with a kind of milk, and then carefully applied the paint as evenly as he could. He used rollers to prevent the distraction of a brushstroke. He called the rectangular blue canvases windows. Uh, I see them like 
something irradiating light. Light and uh, pleasure, peace. More or less. Uh, light, light is very important. What did you think they were about? I about about color. For his first show of the blue paintings, he hung eleven identical canvases in a gallery in Milan. They were all different prices. He sold three. When the show moved to Paris, he convinced the postal service to allow him to use an all blue stamp he'd created for the invitations. The New York Times called it obsessional art. Here's Carol Maver. He had a party in which everyone drank punch. Um, I guess that was delicious. And when they went home and urinated, they peed blue. He released a thousand and one blue balloons into the sky above Paris. He covered replicas of some of the most famous sculptures in Western art with blue, even the Venus de Milo. He painted globes and maps blue, so you couldn't see any difference between land and water or the borders between countries. He said he wanted to start a blue revolution, and he wrote letters to Eisenhower and Fidel Castro asking them to join. I think Eve had a a sort of uh, dream of, uh, of an ideal society without war, without ugliness, where everything would be nice and friendly and beautiful and warm and blue (laughs) also, I suppose. He kept trying to find new ways to put blue in the world. He came to think that paintbrushes were too psychological. He wanted something simpler. He would use human bodies. And so when he needed a person to try to make these prints... The anthropometry, it was absolutely normal that he would ask me. Can you describe what, what, what that was, what you did? Uh, well, uh, technically, it, Eve just said, put some paint on that part of your body, on that one, and that one, and then uh, put your body over this, uh, uh, this cardboard or whatever it was. And this is what I did. We, we were able to understand what he wanted, and we were enthusiastic enough to do it. And a paint, a, a brush, could not feel in this way. Then the prints would come out, and they were very beautiful, so I enjoyed it. He created a performance, a live painting of the anthropometries. He had an orchestra play a monotone symphony. 20 minutes of a single chord, and then 20 minutes of silence. Elena and two other models covered themselves in blue paint and pressed their bodies onto white paper hung on the gallery's walls. So the people were a bit disoriented, and uh, some of them were angry, some of them were enthusiastic. Were you naked? Of course. So how can you, how could you make prints with your body if you have a suit on? After the performance, I had to go backstage, let's say, and wash myself because um, that paint wasn't so pleasant to have on the on the body. Uh, it was something that would dissolve in water. It was not an oily. Uh, 
an oily paint. But it wasn't too healthy to keep it on for a long time, I think. So I was busy to, to, to wash myself and get off the paint when they were discussing. But I know that uh, Eve had to face quite a few enemies from this point of view, but it's normal. It's normal, that's life. Support for This Is Love comes from Indeed. Hiring someone new can sometimes feel like finding a missing puzzle piece. The right person can complete a team, but the search can take a long time. And sometimes it feels entirely up to chance. Indeed is designed to help you find that perfect match much easier and much faster. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences for job candidates and becomes more accurate over time. That means the more you use it, the better it gets. You also don't need to worry about the busy work of hiring. Indeed will help you with scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash thisislove. Just go to Indeed.com slash thisislove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash thisislove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I think that humans love blue so much because of the way that the sky and the ocean and a beautiful lake make us feel. I think it has to do with the emptiness of the blue. Like this, this ocean is an empty space. The sky is the empty space. It's there for our own imagination. So there isn't another color that holds emptiness like blue does, but an emptiness that is potentially hopeful. I think of utopias as blue and the word utopia means not a place but it's a place that we seek and I think we seek utopia in the scattered blue light of the ocean or the scattered blue light of the sea or the sky.
So uh, I dare say that Eve's work had always a, a very strong uh, mystical uh, streak in his use of colors. Do you think that blue in some way represented infinity to him? Definitely represented God, so God is infinite. One critic wrote that Eve Klein's blue had an immense, almost unbearable quiet, and that its grandeur is one of absence, the blue of outer space. In 1962, Eve married a fellow artist. She wore a blue crown. And then, just six months later, he had a series of heart attacks and died at 34. His wife gave birth to their son two months later. She named him Eve. What did you think when you heard? Oh, well, I was, I felt like ice inside. I couldn't believe it. So I just went, I went over to the house directly. And then we all stayed there together. We were all there, of course, uh, his friends. Today, the anthropometries and Klein's other works are in art museums all over the world. One of his most famous pieces is at the Museum of Modern Art. It's a curved swath of blue where Elena's body had moved along the white paper. It looks like she's diving or flying. What's it like to see these pieces now? Uh, It's quite moving. It's quite moving. A friend of mine once told me, uh, do you realize that your uh, DNA is going to be there for quite a while, mixed with the paint? What do you think when you see that particular shade of blue now, that Eve Klein blue? I'm happy. I like it. I, I, I recognize an old friend somehow. Famously, Eve Klein argued that the whole history of art came down to a war between line and color, and that so far, line had won the battle. And I think that was his genius, that uh, he found the solution through monochrome paintings because uh, it was necessary to get out of the tyranny of the line for him. This is what he said. This was uh, something that people sometimes would also laugh about. But I, uh, I am convinced that he was dead serious about it. And he was on the side of color? Of course, yes. He once wrote, I have written my name on the far side of the sky. This is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Audio mix by Johnny Vince Evans and Rob Byers. Julian Alexander makes original illustrations for each episode of This Is Love. You can see them at thisislovepodcast.com. 
where we've also got pictures of Eve Klein's famous paintings. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at This Is Love Show. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collection of the best podcasts around. We'll be back next week. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.